Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a national holiday where we reflect not only on the man, but the movement that he helped found and came to represent. That reflection got us here at Detroit Today thinking about all of the other civil rights icons we have been losing lately. Judge Damon Keith, Representative John Conyers, Representative Elijah Cummings, Aretha Franklin, Toni Morrison, Harris Wufford, and many more. As we move further into this decade, of course, we will lose more of those people. What does the loss of those civil rights icons, though, mean for the fight for equal rights moving forward? And are we building for the next generation of civil rights battles that are already confronting us? Joining us to talk about that and other issues here on King Day is Dr. Ali Johnson. He is the chair and professor of the Department of African American Studies at Wayne State University. Dr. Johnson, great to see you. Pleasure to be here, Stephen. Thank and you so much. And of course, happy King Day. Um, so let's talk about these losses that we've experienced lately and their impact on the ongoing fight for civil rights. That list that I gave in the intro was a partial one, but just those people. It's sometimes hard, I think, to imagine how we go forward without those voices and the work that they did. Well, that was a tremendous list that you uh, gave us in most of the people on the list were elected officials. Mm -hmm. A lot of so them So they wanted yeah. to change laws. They wanted to uh, improve legislation. They wanted to create a better America in, in basic kind of general terms in the areas of social justice, peace, um, human decency, welfare, um, a very democratic, a very egalitarian framework. But the man who was born today, mm -hmm. <laughs> as you mentioned, <laughs> right. was more of a movement leader in the long uh, African-American freedom movement tradition, uh, as were the, the, the members you listed. Mm -hmm. but, but King didn't go that electoral route. And um, I think um, his day today is a day for us to um, reflect on his life, his meaning, in the lives and meanings of the um, outstanding leaders you listed, because I think we have uh, unfinished business. And it really pains me to talk about it, because mm -hmm. at the time of his death, 1968, the um, United States was uh, engaged in a vicious war in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. We're still engaged in international conflict. Uh, all those... Um, Leaders you listed were against these um, illegal, immoral wars that are going on, knew that we could do better, and uh, were tireless in their efforts. And mm -hmm. so I think um, we have to honor our leaders and um, continue their struggle, which yeah. is our struggle. Sure. And so I think of the Poor People's Campaign. Yep which is uh, gaining momentum nationally. Again, right? Uh, this is what Dr. King was working on when he's assassinated, uh, and now it's back, right? Now it's back with a, a much more force than it has had in many of the intervening years. Stephen, how can we have widespread poverty, 
growing inequality, um, a homelessness problem that is shocking, and be the richest country in the world. Yeah. It, it's, it's out. King grappled with this. He denounced it. And I think uh, that's what we have to do now. And that's what um, that's the business we have to be about. And that's why I respect the work of um, groups like um, here in Detroit, uh, uh, We the People and uh, Michigan Welfare Rights. And uh, we have some dynamic uh, student groups mm-hmm. on campus at Wayne State University. So the fight continues. And we've got to uh, continue that struggle. Uh, 2020 is a presidential year, and I think uh, we have to bring um, that African-American freedom movement into the campaign Mm. and uh, use it to uh, help us distinguish and evaluate the candidates. Yeah. Uh, I I think when you talk about the people we're losing now, of course, what the implication is, is is generational, that – you know, nobody lives forever. And when you get to a certain point and people who have spent their lives working on an issue or fighting for an issue, uh, the time comes when they pass and they pass in, in large numbers. But I think the other implication or the other question that arises from that is, so what's next? And who's next is often sort of the thing that comes to people's minds. So, so I wonder if you could talk about, as we are losing people like Damon Keith and John Conyers and Toni Morrison and Aretha Franklin, who are the people you see as stepping into those roles in a way that carries forward the work, not just the legacy, but the work, right, uh, into the future? Well, we... Um I've got to continue the work. I think of a rising star, even though she's no rookie, um, in Nina Turner. Hmm. She is a black political activist, Mm -hmm. former elected official from Cleveland, Ohio, who is one of Bernie Sanders' um, leading uh, co-chairs and um, spokespersons. And so I think she she brings that... um, democratic socialist, um, uh, social democratic perspective to bear on um, issues, domestic and foreign policy issues. I, um, I think it's interesting that the, um, some people from uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign uh, from 2016 have recycled to other campaigns. <laughs> right. <laughs> and... Um, I forgot the name of the um, the spokeswoman for the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2016, but I think she's with Biden now, uh-huh, uh-huh. and so she's playing an important role. And I think, uh, I mean, I'm excited by this new generation, but I um, want to encourage them and encourage uh, all of us to stick to our principles. I, I feel that in... Uh, mainstream black politics, there's a slide to the center or there's a slide in uh, moderation. Um, uh, John Conyers, uh, Damon Keith, these were progressives. These were uh, elected officials or uh, judicial leaders, but they were activists. Mm -hmm. And then they challenged the status quo and they um, encouraged us to do it as well. So I, I don't want us 
to be satisfied with um, black faces in high places. Mm. That is not enough. Mm. And I argue that uh, President Barack Obama um, proved that because he was a tremendous positive symbol for the community, for the country, for the world. But in terms of substance, he could have done much better. Mm. I mean, that's my evaluation. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I think a lot of African-Americans feel that way. I think there's a growing feeling. Right. And that doesn't diminish what they might feel, as you point out, about the moment or the sim- symbolism of him being the first black president. I think you can you can hold both ideas in your mind that that it was tremendous that he was elected, but we would like to have seen more things accomplished while he was president. And so um, in terms of black leaders, I um, want to make sure I get his name right. Um, is it Representative Hakeem Jeffries from oh, sure. Brooklyn? Yes. He's a rising star in the House of Representatives in the Democratic Party. I um, would prefer that he be more progressive, but he's um, – very impressive mm-hmm. in how he's handling his business in terms of being the youngest member of the leadership yeah. in the House. And so um, I think he has a future that we have to keep our eyes on. I do not um, like that um, one of the uh, – I come from the academic world. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Melissa Harris-Perry was an important uh, African-American woman in the media during 2016 – yeah, and uh, for whatever reason, they right. For, that she, show. she lost that position, lost Couldn't that visibility, that show. Yeah. and I don't, I don't think we have um, uh, filled that gap in terms of her attention to intersectionality, race, gender, yeah. class, sexuality. I mean, she did it so uh, well, and she was so intelligent and impressive. Um, so uh, diversity matters. Um, excellent. That it can it contributes to excellence. And um, so we got a lot of work to do yeah. <laughs> to uh, continue the struggle of our ancestors, those who passed away, um, but who sacrificed so much for us today. And yeah. so we got business to handle. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Ali Johnson. This is 1019 WDET. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. It is Martin Luther King Day, the national holiday that we set aside to reflect not only on the man Martin Luther King Jr. was, but the movement that he helped propel uh, and has come to represent in the minds of so many people. My guest is Dr. Ali Johnson. He is a professor and the chair of the Department of African-American studies at Wayne State University. Uh, Before we went to break, we were talking about this this tension, I think, between the idea of black progress as a symbol and black progress as substance. I I think that's a a dynamic that we are seeing play out pretty interestingly in the presidential race that is unfolding. We started 
with the most diverse field of Democrats, at least, that we'd ever seen in terms of gender, in terms of race. We're down to no more black candidates. And, and Patrick uh, Duvall. Uh, well, that's right. If Deval, if Deval Patrick actually runs, right? Uh, but but we had we had others who seemed so promising. Uh, somehow, I think that does relate to this question, though. I, I think it's very tough for black candidates, in particular, to appeal the way they need to to black voters, but then also appeal to the wider Democratic Party. And and get the support of uh, white moderates and and uh, even white white uh, white radicals, uh, but but give me your sense of how that tension between uh, uh, symbolism and substance is 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 playing out in the civil rights context in this presidential election. Well, in general, I believe that symbols matter. And therefore, I think it's unfortunate that we are trending toward our all-white um, team of candidates, and um, and the leading ones being uh, white, rich white men. And so that's that's um, kind of a tradition in America. Mm-hmm. We need to uh, uh, disrupt that tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the African American candidates. Uh, to me, were not clear in their agenda. And so I liked uh, their enthusiasm, the senators, uh, Booker and Harris, <laughs> but their agenda was not as clear to me as, it, as I think it should have been. Mm. And I hinted at it earlier. I'm disappointed that many of these top black elected officials uh, today seem for various reasons to be more moderate and centrist than the previous generation. Um, You mentioned John Conyers. You Mm -hmm. mentioned Damon Keith. We Mm -hmm. can throw in Jesse Jackson. And uh, that would be okay if the problems in the black community and in America were not so serious. Mm -hmm. And so when you have... Um, various crises in the communities, uh, on the streets. I have friends who've been to uh, the West Coast recently, and they have been outraged at the question of homelessness. Sure. Obviously, we have it in Detroit, but apparently it's much more visible. It's much more in your face in Seattle, San Francisco, L.A. And so I didn't hear... um, the black candidates uh, talking about that in the presidential campaign. Um, I mean, no, I was disappointed that Stacey Abrams did not enter the presidential contest. Now, maybe it's a little early, and she was the the woman who almost won the governorship of of Georgia. But but when you talk about candidates who are addressing the kinds of issues that really affect. African American voters, uh, disenfranchised people. I mean, she. This was somebody who was very upfront about those things and uh, is not ashamed of being progressive or challenging uh, the establishment. But I also think she took a look at that race and thought, mm, I probably couldn't win that. And so she's kind of focusing now on voter registration and fighting back against some of the the anti-voter. 
participation legislation that's unfolding. But uh, but but she's somebody I think who who embodies some of the things you're talking about. Most definitely. And Stephen, can I say that she is a very important person to uh, support and look at because she more than most recognizes the depth and the seriousness of conservative forces in disenfranchising the American people, especially people of color and Mm -hmm. poor people, Mm -hmm. people with limited formal education. It's outrageous. This is America 2020, (laughs) and this is a full-time job. We're still fighting to vote. That's what I'm saying, and and it's outrageous, but it's serious. And and I don't believe the Democratic Party talks about it enough. I mean, we should. Everybody should be registered automatically. uh, It's my opinion. Um, Voting should be a holiday. I mean, these are practices that are established internationally to increase turnout, to increase participation, mm-hmm. to um, get folks involved. And we seem to be on the wrong side of a lot of these basic issues. And that's why I like um, Bernie Sanders when he said, compared to the other major countries in the world, <laughs> why doesn't everyone have health care yeah. in America? Free of public education. It's not, we wouldn't be the only one to do right. it. Other countries have right. done it. It's doable even though he's getting a lot of resistance and pushback. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Ollie Johnson, professor and chair of the African American Studies Department at Wayne State University. Great to have you here with us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Up next, we're going to honor our MLK Day tradition here at Detroit Today by playing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s original I Had a Dream speech, which he delivered right here in Detroit. 